Hello, welcome to Prince Track by Track, and today we're going to be talking about pop life from around the world in a day. Also featured on the Hits One, uh, it was initially recorded uh, on the nineteenth of February, nineteen eighty-four, with the band. Uh, you know, uh, Bobby Z, Brown Mark, Lisa Coleman, uh, Wendy Melvin, and uh, Doctor Fink. Um, along with Jonathan Melvin on the tambourine and Sheila E also on the drums. There's a lot of drums on this track. Uh, and then the next day the band did some overdubbing uh, and then Prince added some strings in the September of 1984. Um, and then when the 12-inch uh, remix was done, uh, that was done in June 1985. The song was released on the 22nd of April 1985. Uh, it's 3.42 on the album. Um, but the 12-inch, um, which was released on the 31st of July 1985, um, it was 9 minutes long in the very extended version, or 6 minutes 16 long uh, in the shorter extended version. The B-sides are Hello or Girl, depending on uh, where it was released. Um, joining me to discuss this track is once more Antu. Hello, Antu. Hey, Darren. This song, um, you know, an unusual choice, I would say, for a single, mm -hmm. simply because, um, I mean, a little bit the subject matter, um, you know, the kind of the discussion that Prince is having here um, with the person that he keeps questioning these things with, you know, uh, is poverty bringing you down? Is the mailman jerking you around? Did he put your million dollar check in someone else's box? Feels a little hostile to me. And there's a, there's a kind of a hint later on in one of the later verses where, you know, Prince talks about uh, what you're putting in your nose. Mm -hmm. Is that where all your money goes? So, you know, kind of a discussion about pop life. Obviously, the title gives it away. Uh, kind of what other famous people were doing that Prince wasn't doing, uh, basically, you know, mm -hmm. um, Prince, Prince is the one who's living this clean life and is, is you know, uh, the paragon of virtue and everybody else is, um, you know, uh, wondering where their million dollar check has gone. <laughs> the single performed quite well in America, got to number seven mm -hmm. on the Billboard Hot 100. Um, it was released as a single over in the UK, uh, where I am currently located, um, uh, a lot later in the, on the 14th of October 1985. And it reached number 60, um, which, considering that we only have a top 40 chart, that is not a very good performance. That's pretty terrible uh, there. Um, so, you know, Prince had been quite successful, you know, with his previous album. All his previous singles had charted quite well pretty much everywhere. Um, but, you know, Pop Life, it did okay, like I said, in America, but elsewhere it really wasn't uh, much of a hit. Do you have any theories about why it failed in Britain? I think maybe it was just a bit too late, you know, like it was it was pretty much kind of like six or seven months after the album had been released. Uh, Prince really wasn't promoting it as a single. Yeah, there wasn't a video for it or whatever. There's no music video, yeah, so, um, you know, Raspberry Beret had been quite a big hit. Yeah. Paisley Park was less of a hit. I think it's just the natural kind of decay that you get when you release an album and then the first few singles are usually quite successful and then you know, by the time the next album is getting ready to be released, people's interest has already kind of moved on. Like to think there was like the hostility in the lyrics, like is the mailman jerking you around, and like the like the English people interpret that as like their own personal mailman. Like, why would Dave's a good man? He always brings me my mail. Like, why would you question well, him like that, Prince? <laughs> For a start, we refer to them as postman. Postman, right? mailman. yeah. <laughs> Maybe that's why that didn't translate. Maybe, yeah. Maybe, yeah, maybe it just didn't translate to us. Um, yeah. Uh, but, I, you know, I think these lyrics are still kind of, you know, interesting because, you know, Prince is asking a number of questions 
including Tell Me What's the Matter With Your World. <laughs> now, I like the production because you, Prince has this kind of like, um, there's like a very funky bass line throughout the whole thing. Uh, Brown Mark playing that bass line for us. And, you know, you have the, the strings aren't kind of overwhelming. There's a lot of songs on, um, you know, on... Around the World in a Day and Parade, where the strings are quite overwhelming, particularly mm-hmm. on the next album where, you know, Prince worked with Claire Fisher and they had like a full orchestra doing strings. Um, so, you know, the strings are a nice touch. Um, I think the drum is, it just sounds great. Mm-hmm. You know, it's its like such, yeah, I think, this, you know, the addition of Sheila E at this particular point, you know, she'd been on tour with Prince. Mm-hmm. She'd performed at like the, uh, the AMAs in 1985 with Prince. Um, you know, I think she added something extra to this. Um, and I like the kind of weird breakdowns where, mm. you know, you get just this noise of a crowd or I don't know what it is, but it happens a couple of times <laughs> in the song and then the song kind of fades back in underneath it, just kind of as if Prince had took a break and just decided to throw this noise in and then it suddenly kind of comes back. <laughs> that, like um, that noise to me, it always, I always thought that was like the quote unquote pop that we're all supposed to hear in our, in our lives to signify that we're... Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I guess that makes sense. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you know, and and obviously, you know, the vocals they have that that kind of um, they have they they they've got the 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 the, um, the echo on them. Mm-hmm. There's like a little bit of a kind of it's, and and it's kind of a very specific kind of production style that isn't it isn't really kind of prevalent on the rest of the songs on this album. The rest of the songs in this album are very kind of uh, you know hippie-ish, uh, and this feels a bit more contemporary. It feels a bit more kind of eighties than it does sixties. Yeah, uh, I agree with a lot of that. Yes, it sounds like a really upbeat eighties groovy song, rubbed in sort of like a throwback psychedelic song, like something like Raspberry Beret or the, the chorus, which is "Pop life, everybody needs a thrill. Pop life, we all got a space to fill." Uh, pop life, everybody can't be on top. I, I feel like Prince is telling you, you know, <laughs> there's only going to be one person around here who is going to be having, you know, a number one album, film and single, and that is Prince. Uh, everyone else is going to be underneath that. Uh, and, he, you know, he says, life ain't real funky unless it's got that pop. Um, and, of course, once again, Prince saying, dig it. Um, you know, <laughs> in, in When Doves Cry, he'd said, dig if you will the picture. So he's, he's very much into this kind of like... Um, this 1950s kind of hip cat talk that he keeps throwing into these songs every now and again. Oh, uh, there's like this. Sorry, what were you going to say? No, I just I was just going to say I think the chorus is really kind of upbeat and mm-hmm. kind of and it does fit the you know this is a very pop song mm-hmm. and I think it's kind of you know it does really fit that, that kind of the idea of a, of a, a kind of a pop song. I was about to say like this is kind of like the other side of like Baby I'm a Star like <laughs> you know like he's realized his dream he's successful and now he's like kind of kind of questioning the reality of like being a pop star and like the sort of how i guess the sort of unglamorous aspects of it than the tediousness of it i mean I, it's true because you know um i think that you know the, the, the kind of couplet that i think is a little biting is uh mm. tell me what's what's that underneath your hair is there anybody living there? And of course, you know, like uh, Wendy and Lisa did have the little refrain yeah. of anybody living there. And that kind of implies that other kind of famous, you know, pop stars or rock stars are basically airheads and they, they have nothing going on underneath, uh, you know, the kind of... Particularly, you've got to remember at this point, hair metal was huge. <laughs> and so having having gigantic hair, you know, was, you know, was something that was kind of quite popular. So it almost feels like it's a bit of a shot at kind of hair metal bands being like, 
Yeah, it's nice that you've got these these huge bouffants on top of your head, yeah. but underneath that, you're literally nothing. Yeah, and like kind of in a way, like calling out the the lack of substance in their material. Or... Yeah, but uh, you know it, uh, that kind of makes me super proud because like Prince was easily a better guitarist and most of those hair metal dudes as well. Like, so he could back it up as well. Like, yeah, I think, I think that's the thing is this is, um, I mean, I wouldn't say it's kind of in, in the vein of like a hip hop song, but the idea of kind of like boasting about how good you are and how bad everybody else is, um, you know, particularly with that kind of, with the chorus, with the, you know, like everybody wants to be on top. Mm -hmm. There is a little kind of that kind of bravado from Prince, but obviously it's only bravado if you can't back it up. Mm -hmm. And this comes after Prince has already had like an album that sold 10 million copies and, you know, a string of number one singles. So, you know, clearly he, he can get it done. And, um, you know, he's he's not, um, you know, he's he's not kind of boasting here. He's actually just kind of stating the reality, which is, you know, he writes really good songs and he's better than, you know, most of the artists out there. I find your interpretation of this as like this song about like being, about Prince boasting about being the best and being on top. I always kind of sort of thought this song was a bit sad and about resignation about like, like i guess like yes everybody does need a, thr a thrill and just I, I guess the kind of conveyable aspect of pop music where like everybody can't be on top as in like <laughs> your time is now but it's limited because you you're going to be replaced eventually i don't know I mean, i'm reading into it but always it was always seemed as like a real cynical like song to me really cynical and just not uh, uh, not really celebrating pop life no i, d I certainly don't think it's celebrating yeah. that. although it's interesting that you know this song has been sampled um by a number of rappers yes um including you know black rock and ron i've never heard of them mm -hmm. uh big daddy kane g unit tupac jar rule um, you know, they, they've all kind of sampled... I mean, I can understand why, because it is a fantastic beat. Yeah, that, know, and the, that, the kind that of, bass, the, that the when, bass it, when it goes really, yeah. pop, that lit, literal pop or whatever it's doing. Got, yeah, yeah, yeah. That is that is a... It feels a little bit slap bassy, but yeah. not too slap bassy. Um, but yeah, it, so, you know, I can understand, you know, it has been kind of sampled by uh, rappers. So obviously there is... Maybe there's something there of it kind of feeling like mm -hmm. it's i mean if prince had been you know a few years younger maybe this would have been more of a rap song than a, a kind of pop song i do think it's interesting that he talks about you know people the river of addiction flows and you think it's hot uh, but there will be no water when the fire blows you know like that's the last kind of statement that he makes that isn't the chorus in this song mm -hmm. and it's worth <laughs> pointing out that this is the point at which prince had you know with the success of purple rain he'd, re he'd negotiated for another film which obviously he would start filming uh, later in 1985, and which would become Under the Cherry Moon. Um, and at the same time, he'd also asked Warners to build Paisley Park, you know, the actual place yeah. as described in the song previously. Yeah. Um, but, you know, having your own record studio was generally seen as, you know, a folly. There's a reason why record companies don't own studios. They rent them out. And it's because running a record studio, you know, recording studio is a completely different set of skills to managing a label or you know putting out artists and so obviously they just generally would rent areas and you know obviously it's, it's worth saying that you know most of this album was recorded at sunset sound mm -hmm. uh, there was some of it done at the warehouse in um, in minneapolis you know so prince was having to pay to go other places to record music and obviously uh, you know he'd had a um, home studio set up since you know 1981 but he really wanted his own studio and he wanted one brothers to pay for it <laughs> Yeah, which obviously they ended up doing. But the idea that, you know, you would bar build your own recording studio 
was seen as a way of wasting a lot of money. You know, there have been a number of artists in the past who tried to do that, who tried to, you know, build recording studios and have them be profitable. And it always, always ends up being like a vanity project, <laughs> someone building their own recording studio in their house. Uh, these days, obviously, it's not super expensive yes. to do. Yeah. You know, in in the mid 80s, it was very expensive to do. It's funny that Prince is kind of criticizing people saying, you know, you're wasting money on drugs. <laughs> When a number of people probably at the time were being like, well, you're wasting money on spend, on building, you know, like a $10 million recording studio and you're never going to see that money again. And that's, you know, as big a waste of money. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, in the end, Pr- Prince was, you know, turned out to be correct that building recording studio was the best thing for him because it allowed him to record music 24-7. <laughs> I mean, if we're like comparing a recording studio versus a drug habit, like one is always... <laughs> The recording studio is going to be more profitable than like a drug habit where literally it's going up your nose. So, yeah. In the 80s, they were both seen as much as a waste okay. of money as yeah. each other. All right. You know, that it, it, was a, it was a criticism that was leveled at Prince when he did finally open Paisley Park was that it was an expensive waste of money and it, it, he would never see any of that money again. Okay. That- and he may as well have just spent it all on cocaine and that would have just been as worthwhile a cause. Wait, can we, like, go back to the lyrics of the third verse? All right, so... Go for it. All right, the river of addiction flows. You think it's hot, but there won't any, there won't be any water when the fire blows. Dig it. What, what, <laughs> what, what is happening when the fire blows? Like, what does that mean? Am I not getting something here? Like... Think, personally, that's just Prince getting a word that rhymes with flows. <laughs> yeah. I don't think... I, I think occasionally in this song there's just stuff that rhymes and it doesn't really kind of make any sense. Mm-hmm. I mean, when he says, "What you know, tell me what's underneath your hair, yeah. he manages to rhyme that a few sentences later with, you say you just don't care, yeah. and then he rhymes that with, and I'll show you a boy aware, which doesn't even make any sense. I mean, I mean... Like, grammatically. But that's, like, in response to, show me a boy who stays in school, and I'll show you a boy aware, which is, like, that means... Still doesn't make any sense. <laughs> no, it's about, like, hey, kids, stay in school, because, like, as in, a kid who stays in school is, like, conscious... And, like, who cares, right? <laughs> uh, I mean, you know, what you put in your nose, rhythm eviction flows yeah. when the fire blows. You know, it, it's just, it's a, I think sometimes it's just rhyme. Um, <laughs> I guess, like, when the when the fire blows, it's like, I think of, like, a fireplace exploding when, like, you know, when it gets too hot and, <laughs> you know. For, I guess. And, you know, I like. there is that. Yes. And a nostril could be a chimney in some sort of scenario. <laughs> I mean, yeah, in this in this case, yes. um, I mean, there was a whole thing where Elvis Costello wanted to do a cover of this mm-hmm. uh, song and he wanted to change some of the lyrics. But obviously Prince, uh, capricious as he is, yep. decided not to approve of that. Um, and so, you know, there's a song called The Bridge I Burned by Elvis Costello, which borrows some of the chords from pop life. <laughs> um, but then he did actually in later years, um, I think the earliest recorded version of it's from like 1986. Um, he did actually do this song live quite a few times. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, if you think of Elvis Costello and this song, then it pretty much sounds as you would expect with Elvis Costello yeah. covering a Prince song. Uh, it's, a, it's a nice cover. I quite liked it. Uh, <laughs> uh, I don't know your feelings on it, aren't you? Uh, yeah, that link you sent me. Uh, yeah, we, we should just talk about the context of that. Uh, so clearly you can hear them. So, you, you know, Elvis Costello has the spinning wheel with the song choices, right? Yeah. Yeah, so, like, you can clearly hear the wheel spinning and someone choosing, and it ends up landing on Pop Life. But uh, I thought that cover was, like, I'm, like, a kind of early era, like, Elvis Costello fan, like, not really into anything, like, during the late 80s. He's sort of, like, 
I like prime Elvis Costello. So, and uh, that was a few years ago when I went through my Elvis Costello period. So, like hearing that and like <laughs> hearing him cover a Prince song, that was pretty like uh, not so great. I, I guess like it's definitely him doing it, but he's like he's kind of doing that Costello over singing and like elongating the syllables and the words, and it's just kind of seems a bit yeah. melodramatic and silly. I, I, I mean, you know it. It was a live version, so, you know, it was just him, I think, having a bit of fun yeah, with it. Yeah, so. he's clearly having fun up there, though. And uh, I like, uh, I think it's Steve Naive or Steve Neves, like, sort of synthesize the line or the solo there. You can, it's just, I thought that was really cool and really psychedelic, actually, sort of bringing it back to the psychedelic elements of uh, Around the World in a Day. That was the only significant cover version that I could find anywhere. Um, but, uh, yeah, so, you know, I mean... I would say for me, this is uh, this is a four out of five, uh, and I only say that because those weird interruptions with like the crowds—I mm-hmm. don't know what that's meant to be—and um, I think it kind of spoils the flow of the song a little bit. Mm-hmm. I would just like the song to just be the song and kind of lose those little bits, uh, and then it would be a five out of five mm-hmm. for me. How do you feel? Uh, about that? I, I say four out of five as well. Like, uh, yeah. I, I like the song; it's a good song. Uh, I I think if if aliens landed and I said, "Hey, play me a Prince song," I wouldn't played him this necessarily because but it's also like a really different print song it's just a, it's got like a different energy like a dark energy than his other music okay well if there's nothing else to say about the song then let's go to any plugs do you have anything you wish to plug onto yeah just uh just follow me on twitter at onto comedy and uh i'm slowly getting my podcast together all right it's it's a it's going to be a thing all right so i'll, I'll talk about it there <laughs> Uh, and you can find us on Facebook at Prince Trap by Track, or on, you can follow us on Twitter at Prince Podcast, or you could email us at PrinceTrapByTrack at gmail.com. Not sure why you would, but you could. Um, thanks once again for being my guest. Right, no problem. And otherwise, goodbye. All right, bye-bye. I'll return.